It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. Well, here we are, Drew. The Stanley Cup final has been set, and it will be the Vegas Golden Knights going up against the Florida Panthers in what looks to be an outstanding series. And we've got to start talking about game six between Dallas and the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I got to tell you, I was frankly surprised about the difference in level that these two teams brought to this game with the return of Jamie Ben, the Dallas Stars captain, after two games getting suspended, his greatest nightmare, the team fights back. And as you said, <laughs> uh, then they get blown out by the score of six to nothing. It's got to be pretty tough on that Dallas side. It's It's got to be. It's really interesting, too, when you look at the way I think you're right on the money when you talk about the difference in performance for game six. Um, one team facing elimination, the Dallas Stars, and who were terrific in the two games after they went down 3 nothing, Vegas wasn't so much. Vegas played, Danny, pretty much a flawless game. The way they broke the puck out, the way they attacked in numbers, their start to the game was fantastic. Um, all four of their lines were great. 6D were great. Aiden Hill, I guess he does know how to play goal. Um, he's been... His, his save percentage is ridiculous in the playoffs. And, you know, you look at Vegas being down four goaltenders and he's the guy that steps in and has played brilliantly. Vegas is a, is a much better team now than we've ever seen. They're deep. Um, talk to Darren Millard. You remember Darren Millard from Sportsnet who sure. now hosts the, the Vegas games. Darren said that that team reminds him of the 2012, 2014 um, Los Angeles Kings. He's good friends with Jared Stoll. He was around the Kings when they won those championships and how close-knit they were and how confident and how they played for each other. He said this Vegas team reminds him of that team. But Dallas, Danny, I think they've got, I think they've got some tough decisions to make because their top guys, well, Tyler Sagan, and I know he he had the hip injury and I know he had the surgery and it's been a long road back for him. But he had zero goal or one goal in the last 11 games. The last time he scored was the first game against Seattle. And, and, and as we talked before we came on, they needed him. Jamie Benn scored three goals in this playoffs, suspended for two games. And honestly, it, you know, this, is, this, uh, this doesn't surprise us. But Joe Pavelski is the de facto leader on that team. No question. And, yeah. And but he's 38. Going to be mean, 39 in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Jim Neal's got some tough decisions to make. Peter Don't forget Ryan, Ryan Suter, too, is also getting oh. on in age. I mean, there's another guy, great career, but, you know, they've got this kid, Harley, coming up. I really like him as an up-and-coming yep. defenseman, but uh, and they've got Haskinen, who's a star, but they need that that glue on the defense, too. So, as you said, a lot to deal with. Let me, let me ask you about Ottinger, because I was asked this last night, and I'm not sure I gave a great answer, which is, he he didn't look great in this last round. In in fact, I, I thought he looked shaky. But I said, one, he's young. Two, he took the team farther this year than he did last year. 
and the more experience he gets, the better he's going to be. Is that being too light on the guy, or do you think that 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 he still is that the next great goalie in the NHL? I think he's got potential to be. I think what we're realizing is how difficult it is to become the next great goalie in the NHL. And the other thing about it too, Drew, is every single great goaltender goes through a period in which, like a team, they have this huge disappointment where they expect a lot more. You know what the difference is? Remember when Jeff Friesen was a rookie and he looked like he was going to become the next coming of Maurice Richard? And then the next season, everybody in the league had seen him. And all of a sudden he had an adjustment year and he had to deal with it. Well, Ottinger has had to deal with some of that, certainly in the playoffs. And there might be a a longer road for him to get to where he needs to be. But I still think it's a little early to to throw him out uh, out of the consideration. I I think still he has that potential to become that next great goaltender in the NHL. But he's got a lot to prove. That's just my view. Yeah, I think you're I think you're banging on there. One thing that happened in, in game number six that was uh, definitely a big part of Vegas's victory was the fact that they got uh, the elevation of play, not only from their top guys, but from all of the role players. And it started off early with William Carrier. Knight's fourth line, creating pressure once again. Kolasar finds the puck in the left corner, joined by Nick Waugh. Side steps a sandwich. Carrier gets it in front. He shoots. He scores. William Carrier, a backhand goal. And for the third straight game, the Knights take a 1-0 lead. That was a huge, huge goal. And Bruce Cassidy was talking about reuniting that group. It was Carrier, Coldasar, and also William Carlson together. Everything. Huh? Everything. Um, you know, it's a lineup we like and have liked. You know, the question will probably come up, why? Like, why did you ever go away from it, right? Like, but... <laughs> I think what happened in Edmonton is you start to see these dominant center and, and you, you start thinking matchup and William Carlson was very good at it. So moving another uh, guy like Nick Waugh up with them, you got face off, you know what I mean? There's different reasons guys to play center. So we kind of stuck with it for a while because I thought hints, honestly, at the start of the series was, you know, flying around like, you know, listening, no one's McDavid, but, you know, I mean, he was a dominant number one center and we had to make sure we found a way to keep him in check so we kept kept with it but that got away from our rhythm of four lines a little bit in terms of nick being that anchor on that line and so teddy comes in and does a really good job too i think with just a little bit different players so we just felt until their a team's depth beats us that's the way we're going to go and a team's depth beat us in game five that's what happened at home dallas's depth beat us okay let's get back to balancing the lines and and uh so it's just a little bit of the adjustments that go on in this series and Looks like they were happy to be reunited and, and good for them. Those are good soldiers. Those are great stories. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have been in that position as fourth line guys. They don't get the, the ink. They're not talked about, but these are valuable guys. You don't win without them. You don't win without them. And we're not winning if those guys aren't, you know, a part of our team. Now he's talking about that uh, group of Dallas, Delandria, Kibiranta, Domi. They yeah. really were great in game number five, but unfortunately uh, his role players, that is Cassidy's stepped it up in game number six. And it was just too much for Dallas. They were dominant that fourth line. They were great. Keegan Colesar, I really like that kid. I think he's yeah. a hell of a player from Brandon, Manitoba. And that's, that's where that's where GM Kelly McCrimmon uh, was owner, general manager, and coach of the Brandon Wee Kings of the WHL. Uh, Keegan, I thought that team played fast. Danny, there that uh, the, the second goal they scored, I think, of the, of the night was a beautiful breakout and attack and a bank pass and attack the net. It, it was a, it was a very, uh, and, and Bruce Cassidy's right. It's, it was a very 
impactful game to really highlight the fact that you can't win without your depth and those guys. Well, I mean, so many great calls in this particular game and how it went. Keegan Colasar, you mentioned him. He had a good goal of his own. Knights take the puck from behind their goal. Martinez springs Colasar, joined by Carrier. Bank pass to him, left circle, back in front. Colasar scores! What a setup! The Golden Knights have taken a 3-0 lead. Six minutes to go, first period. Colasar banked it to Carrier off the left wall into the zone. Carrier drew the attention in the left circle, then returned it to Colasar, going right down the middle, right to the crease. Colasar's first goal of the series, second of the playoffs, third of his Stanley Cup playoffs career. The Knights have three goals in the first period of Game 6. Yeah. Just an amazing goal right there. You know, yeah. you don't usually hear that from, from lower line guys. You usually hear that from people like Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle, for instance. You don't necessarily hear it from the, the lower line players. Although you have to say, Coldasar is a top draft pick. He's going to have a great career. But still, uh, they he and Nick Waugh worked beautifully together on that play. Yeah, a beautiful goal. And one of the things that really highlighted early in the game is when they're in games Four and five, the Dallas Stars, and I won't get too Drew's Clues hockey nerd on you there, but the, the Dallas Stars were able to get the four check going. They overloaded the strong side, forced the rims, which Bruce Cassidy hates, have the deep pinch, weak side guy there. And that, that made, that kept Vegas in their zone a lot. Vegas adjusted quickly. They got back to pucks quickly. They got out of the zone and that pass that play was a beautiful exit out of the zone, off the off the board, the bank pass. Oh, it was beautiful, gorgeous, fantastic. Yeah, it and it was great. Up. And you know what? You had you had pretty key guys on the ice too for Dallas. I mean, I'm thinking of of Miro Haskin and on the ice a couple of times. That one he got victimized with just positioning, and there were a couple of others like that during the course of the game. Just a tough day for him and for the Dallas Stars. But they were still kind of in it in the second period, and there weren't a lot of shots in the second period. Got very defensive. Dallas had a couple of power plays. They weren't able to take advantage. And then I, I thought this was the the most critical goal of the game. Jonathan Marcheseau in the second. 9.44 left in the second. Knights win a defensive zone face-off. Haig rings it around. Barbashev breaks in. Joined by Marcheseau. Tucks it to him. Shooting. He scores! Jonathan Marcheseau! Backhand goal! A two-on-one set up by Barbashev. 4-0 Golden Knights. Jonathan Marcheseau's ninth of the playoffs. Fourth of the series. And the Knights have pulled away. Boy, they sure did pull away. And then, of course, in the third period, things got crazy. A couple of more goals. It came to a 6 nothing game. But in the middle of it, Aiden Hill also had to make a couple of pretty important saves. Dallas gets control left point. Suter shoots off the glove. Kick save! White Cloud, hampered because something is askew with his skate, made a weird block with his glove. It went on goal. Aiden Hill made a brilliant pad save. That's an old-fashioned upright pad save. Stars with Johnston helps it back to the line. Haskin returns it for Johnston. Shooting, tipped on, save. Swing and a miss and a rebound from Marchman. A scramble and the puck to the near side. Marchman swung and missed at what appeared to be a sure goal. Eichel joins the play. Swoops in. Gloves the puck ahead to himself. Then lost. Hintz gets it. A tap back and a shot. Glove save. From the faceoff, Stars get the puck near the left side wall. Comes out high for Suter. To the right. Haskin and shoots. Blocker save Hill. He was shifting from his right to his left, reached back to his right, made the save.
You know, that was one of the big differences between Hill and Ottinger in this game. Hill moved around and covered the net a little bit better. I remember that one goal where Ottinger actually tried to get his left leg out to stop the puck. Couldn't do it because, and that was basically because he was in a bad position after the game. But after this contest, Aiden Hill was, uh, well, let's just say a pretty happy camper. <laughs> no, it's it's exciting. Um, you grow up dreaming of making the Stanley Cup finals as a kid, and I think it still hasn't quite set in yet. But uh, you know what? We'll have a little fun tonight, and then you know what? We'll refocus, get ready for that next series, and four wins away. Think about this. Aiden Hill had been down with an injury seven weeks ago. He was just starting to skate with the team when uh, the Vegas Golden Knights were playing the Winnipeg Jets, and he tried to put it all into perspective after the game. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy, um, but you know what? It's what I've like kind of dreamed of growing up as a kid, and we have a great team here, and I mean, it showed tonight we dominated that game. So, uh, yeah, just keep moving forward, and uh, I'm excited for the next round. That's Aiden Hill of the Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, all of us in San Jose wish him the very best of luck. Yeah. He's the one guy that's left as far as all the X-Sharks are concerned. Great kid. Uh, you and I enjoyed uh, being around him uh, when he was with the Sharks uh, last year. Uh, and unfortunately, um, he did have some injuries with the Sharks. But that, that calm demeanor and just the way he was like matter of fact about it, it made me smile. I know it did you as well because that's what Aiden's like. One of the things that the Sharks management told us uh, was when they got Aiden Hill was one of the reasons they liked him is because in the AHL, he was one of the top goaltenders on expected goals saves, you know, where, where the analytics part of the game where um, it looks like or should be from the chance that the opposition team gets, where they get it, when they get it, and who's got it on their stick. Aiden Hill was one of the top goalies in the league that would stop those, what we thought would be sure goals. And he certainly looked like he was that guy in this series. His save percentage, as I said, is out through the roof. His goals against is through the roof. All fantastic stuff. Aiden Hill, um, big man. We always liked, I always liked how Aiden Hill moved as a goalie. So the in that perspective of looking at Aiden Hill and seeing where he is right now, and as you said, fighting through the injuries that he's fought through in the last couple of years, it's uh, it's fun to see him because he's a good young man. Remember what we said about Jake Ottinger a couple of minutes ago about maybe not necessarily giving up on the fact that he could develop into a top goalie? Aiden Hill, I don't think, has that uh, that future necessarily to be a top three goalie in the NHL. But uh, again, it's just word to the wise that sometimes the best thing you do, as Desi Arnaz once said, is if you don't know what to do, do nothing. And that probably the best thing will happen. Uh, you know, the Sharks did allow him to leave uh, yeah. the, the San Jose Sharks. And obviously, as they consider their goaltending position, in the future it's something you consider yeah absolutely and and with with Aiden I do believe he's a free agent now of course it has a lot to do with the team that's playing in front of you but as the, the highlights that you just played there were some still dangerous chances that Aiden had to face and he was very good about it but he's gone now through the playoffs if you had the Vegas Golden Knights picked as a team that could go um to the finals it wasn't a bad pick. It was pretty smart because of the team that they have, because of the depth that they have and how well they've done this year. They had over 100 points, I think 111. But if you had them with Aiden Hill in net, if you had them going for four goaltenders and not playing Jonathan Quick, who they got late in the, in the season and a pickup on a trade, if you had all that, good for you. You should be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> no kidding. And, and you know what? 
who knows what's going to happen? I think it's pretty obvious that if you take a look at the the conventional wisdom, you'd expect that Vegas is going to re-sign him. They'll have Logan Thompson back. Uh, they'll have a really good goaltending tandem. My guess is that Jonathan Quick was there for insurance, yeah. and uh, he still remains that. You never know what happens in the Stanley Cup final, right? So right. Jonathan Quick is still available. But uh, flipping it back to the San Jose Sharks in this goaltending position, uh, they do have Kapo Kakinen, and it's just another message. Maybe you shouldn't necessarily give up on Kapo either, especially given the improvement that he had with Thomas Spear, the Sharks goaltending coach, over the course of a season. You, it's it's the two. I think the two toughest positions to read are defensemen and goalies. Uh, they they both take longer to mature. They take longer to uh, understand how the game goes. They take longer to figure out their their best method to prepare and then perform. Um, the, the Sharks definitely need a goaltending improvement, without a doubt. Does that come from within? Does it come from the from the Barracuda? Does it come elsewhere? Who knows? But there are. You understand why teams make decisions the way they do because there's so much pressure on the people who are doing the job. As far as job security as far as um fan and um outside pressures that hey listen we, we want to come see a winning team and um, I'm, I'm saying that as that's a positive you you want that fan pressure you want fans to want them to win and force you know not force management but pressure management to be doing the right things and always trying to improve but overall when you look at I think Aiden Hill's performance this year, you can look at a team as, as you just said, or a team, as you said, and a player, as you said, that just took a little bit longer than you thought he was going to, to be a good goalie. And I think you make a really good point about the team that's in front of him, because remember, uh, Auntie Niemi with the Chicago Blackhawks in yeah, 2010, yeah. won the Stanley Cup, looked like the second coming of Jacques Plante, came to the Sharks, got them to the conference final, but we saw some of the weaknesses over the course of the years he was with San Jose, and nothing wrong with Auntie Niemi. I mean, he had a great Sharks career, yeah. got them to the conference final, and was a solid goaltender. But, you know, the, you're always looking for that little extra, that elevation that we keep talking about that uh, Bruce Cassidy got from his his fourth line last game and what uh, Pete DeBoer got from all of his role players in in game number five and you know th those are the things that that just make the the big big difference even though it doesn't seem like much when you look at it yeah 100 I mean you, these there's certainly the way you use them certainly the people that you have around them and I mean them being your entire team how they work together um when when you look though overall at the Vegas Golden Knights, the depth of their team, the chemistry of their team, the closeness of their team, the way they play in their own zone, and the way they play in their own zone, they're not in their own zone very much. They move the puck out really quick, and that obviously helps any goalie. But overall, when you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, um, the way they played in front of Aiden Hill gave him the confidence to be in that net. And, and then he got some wins under his belt. And he was he was fantastic. And I'm happy I'm happy for him. He's a he's a nice young man. No doubt about that. We're all rooting for Aiden Hill to have a great series against Florida. And of course, the Stanley Cup final is going to be something else. Want to continue to get some thoughts from the locker room after game number six between Dallas and Vegas. And I thought that I would start with Bruce Cassidy talking about uh, the experience of just getting to the final, how difficult that actually is and what you have to go through. Well, listen, it's, I think it's 
an honor and a privilege to coach in the National Hockey League for any team. Uh, you know, for me, it happens to be the Golden Knights, and it was a we were looking at it as a family, as a, a new adventure for us, and here we are going to the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, it's what you want, but so do 31 other teams, right? And only two get to go there. So uh, it feels great right now. I think as a coach, you know, you'll enjoy it for a bit, and then it's right back to work because I've been there once and it didn't work out. You're losing game seven. So, you know, there's a lot of work ahead of you, but I do believe you have to enjoy these moments. It's not easy to do. Um, I thought Dallas played a terrific series. Got behind a little early at home with some overtime goals. You never know how those are going to shake out. And they were they were a great opponent. And we just happened to be a little bit better. And, um, and like I said, now it's on to the, the final round. So it's it's actually been a great year to get to know everyone around. Like I didn't know a lot of people in New York. I knew George from years and years ago. But after that, there's very few. So it's been a great experience to get to this point, uh, forming new relationships that we keep on building. <clears throat> Well, one thing that Cassidy definitely does have in his side is he's got some hungry players who have been to the Stanley Cup final, who have had playoff disappointments. We've heard this before, of course, in San Jose. And Cassidy says that he thinks that he can uh, say, sell, shall we say, harness some of that en energy and uh, get that performance from those top guys in the final. And I do. And, it, and it's mostly been ups for this team, right? Last year they missed the playoffs, but they've been a lot of, they went to the finals their first year. It's our third trip to the conference finals. My first with the with the Knights, but... No, we had a little honest conversation about that last night. What's in front of us? You know, it's okay to it's okay to dream a little bit of you know you know once we you know get that fourth win, what's in front of us and what prevented them from doing it the previous year. So we, we talked about that and uh, openly about it. And and then today was more about okay, now we drill down on the details of how we're going to win that game. And I thought we did a real good job of handling those conversations. Now getting back to work and now being in the moment today. And we have some veteran guys in the room, so credit to them. They, they've been through it. Um, and uh, here we are about, you know, we took another step. We took another step. We got through this to the final. Now the conversation becomes, you know, it's about finishing the job. And, you know, Florida's having the same conversation. But that's where we were, and, and, and good for the guys for responding today. I think to a man, they, they all brought their A game. Well, the other side of it, too, is that uh, Coach Pete DeBoer used to be the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, so he knows all about those players that, that we were just talking about, and he certainly expressed that uh, during the course of his post-game news conference. Well, first, c congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, I thought they played a perfect elimination game, um, came in, they went to another level we didn't, we didn't get to, uh, deserved to win, and... Uh, you know, if we can't win, um, you know, there's some guys in that dressing room there that I really hope can win a cup. You know, I, I watched Mark Stone and Jack Eichel and Martinez and Riley Smith rehab over tons of games and months last year. The adversity that group dealt with last year and they're healthy now and playing. So, you know, if we can't win, there's a lot of guys in that dressing room that uh, I hope can win a cup with what they've been through. Um, Real, real disappointed for our group, not, not in our group, for our group, uh, for the way the season ended, you know, for the, the time and, and commitment and energy that group put in to the season, you know, shouldn't end that way, shouldn't feel that way, but that's hockey. I think, you know, it was a case of Vegas went to another level and, uh, you know, maybe one too many nights of us going to the well in an elimination game. I think that was our fourth 
You know, I don't think Vegas has played one yet. Every time you go to an elimination game, you know, it takes a toll physically, mentally. You know, it's hard to refill that tank over and over again. And, um, you know, I just didn't think there was a lot left tonight. You think a lot of things when you you hear Pete DeBoer talking about, you you think about his graciousness and class, but you also think that uh, hockey's a small world, isn't it? It it really is. It really is. And that's the fun part of the game. You you compete hard against people that you absolutely love and respect, and you've had a uh, some sort of relationship with. And I mean, we we all have relationships with people that um, go way back through all of this. You know, we keep looking at deck sharks. I look at a kid like Chandler Stevenson in Vegas, um, who I've known since he was 14 years old, and um, he was he was. I remember the Bantam draft when he got drafted to to go play in the WHL. And that day, I remember seeing him. And seeing what he's done, he's already got a Stanley Cup with Washington. So you, you cheer for that person. You know, we cheer for people in our position in our game now, not just a team that we work for, but we cheer for people as well. And Joe Pavelski and Brent Burns were, again, so close. I was looking forward to seeing one of them get their name on the cup. Doesn't work out that way. Like Pete DeBoer said, that's hockey. That's tough, but that's the game. And it's just this year, I think both those guys are going to continue playing. Joe Pavelski, of course, was pretty down after this game was over. Uh, At uh, nearly age 39, he has given absolutely everything to his team wherever he's played. And he talked about what went wrong in game six. Yeah, we wanted to come out with a better start, I think. You know, um, we go down early. There's still a lot of belief. We we have an understanding. I think there's a lot of game left. Um, Just, you know, I come to this game and you want to give a little bit more for the crowd, get them into it, know there be momentum coming. Um, we just weren't able to get that going. What he talked about, though, was what he'll remember about this team and his effort. Yeah, there was a lot of good throughout the season, throughout the playoffs. Um, you know, it's tough to sit on this game now a little bit, but there was a lot of good. Um, a lot of great pieces here, a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, I had a really fun year, you know, fun playoffs. It's... Uh, yeah, it's just always tough in this moment, and you always have that belief. And you know, we felt like it was a great opportunity. It was a real opportunity. Um, been a part of you know different runs like this, and had a lot of belief in this group. So you know, to come up a little short, it's uh, yeah, it's always tough because you, you thought there was more out there for us. Joe Pavelski talking about the end of the season for the Dallas Stars, and we've heard him say some similar things like that before when he played for San Jose Sharks hockey. I'll tell you what, Drew, I'm going to remember this playoff run for him a lot because, uh, you know, think about getting knocked out the way he was back in 2019 with San Jose, coming back and having such a huge performance. A four-goal game at the age of 38. uh, I don't think we'll see too many of those in the next number of years. Uh San Jose Shark fans and 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 you and me, Danny and Randy and Brett and Jamie Baker, we have had the absolute privilege and honor of being able to be around Joe Pavelski, talk to Joe Pavelski, talk about Joe Pavelski, watch his performance on the ice, watch him grow into be an NHL superstar, one of the best American players of all time. He's about the classiest human being you could have on your team. He is the type of guy, and we talk. We just talked about cheering for people. Joe Pavelski is who you cheer for because he deserves respect and admiration because not only the player he is, the person he is as well. And I'm, I, when one of these days, I, I would, I'd like to see him get his name on that cup.
Me too. Uh, you know, you feel about that, about all the guys who've come through San Jose, but I think if there's anyone you'd have to put number one on your list, it would probably be Joe Pavelski for all of his leadership and not just for what he does on the ice, but for the kind of person, as you mentioned, that he is off the ice. Well, a couple of minutes left in the show, Drew, and I thought that we would move on with a couple of other topics. Number one, the IIHF 2023 oh. World Championships. United States won their first seven games, and then they ran into trouble. A really tough overtime loss in the semifinals to Latvia. And then in the bronze medal game, another uh, overtime defeat. Uh, really, really tough uh, for David Quinn and company, but the Team USA, a lot of great moments in that one. And young Henry Thrun getting tremendous experience playing in a playoff-like atmosphere against men in a national situation. And on the other side of it, uh, Nico Sturm, a great uh, tournament for Team Germany, ended up scoring a really huge goal uh, in, in a couple of times, in fact, in the course of their run. But it finally came to an end, and Canada would end up capturing the gold medal. Your thoughts on the World Championships? I was really hoping for David and that coaching staff and, and USA, you know, you know, I know I'm not supposed to say that being in Canada, but um, they had done, had such a really good tournament and then they're ahead of Germany late in the game. And tell me if you've heard this before, David Quinn coach team this year ahead late in the game. And I think it was like a minute and seven seconds that Germany scored late to tie it and then lose it in overtime. And then they go into an overtime game against Latvia they had the lead in that game as well, and they lose that one. I, I was heartbroken for David. Latvia, on the other hand, yesterday, after getting their first medal in the IIHF World Championships, bronze medal, they had a national holiday. Government declared it a national uh, day of celebration. And if you saw the stuff on the internet, it was absolutely wild. Great for Latvia. And... Uh, Nico Sturm continues to, I, Danny, I'm so excited about this guy being a San Jose Shark. I'm so excited. We, we saw his professionalism from the start to the finish this year. He, he's going to be a continued force in this league and a big, big player for the Sharks. So I'm happy for Nico. Canada wins its 28th. Yeah, yawn, big deal. Um, but I was really hoping for David to get some success this year. And the old habits died hard in, in a bad way for uh, David Quinn, that coaching staff. Well, we're out of time. Next show, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the coaching changes. Spencer Carberry named the head coach of the Washington yeah. Capitals, and it looks like Andrew Brunette is going to be the coach of the Nashville Predators. That's all for today. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.